Hello, and welcome to episode five of the Sounds of Success podcast. My name is Christina Bowie. I'm Phil Butler. And this week, we're going to be talking about the mentors from the Office of Student Success. With us today, we have Maya, who is a PACE mentor, Fakiza, who is a U-turn mentor, and Ozil, who is an FSP mentor. They're quite the trio. This is our first episode featuring students, and so we are really, really excited. Well, today is an interesting uh, opportunity for us. So we're doing a first here on the podcast. Instead of talking to faculty and staff, we brought some students to talk to today. I'm really excited to interview some students. How about you, Christina? I'm super excited. All three of the students that we're talking to are mentors in mentor programs at the Office of Student Success. They were all handpicked by their program leaders. So they are really awesome guests and we're super excited to have them talk to y'all. And for those those of you who are mentees in the Office of Student Success Mentor Programs, you'll definitely recognize some of these mentors. Well, welcome everyone. Uh, why don't you just kind of say your name, uh, you know, where you're from, all the all the usual intro stuff, right? When, when you break the ice. <laughs> why don't you go first, Maya? Okay. My name is Maya. I am a junior psychology major. Like Christina said, I am a PACE mentor but I am pre-physical therapy. All right, how about you, Ozio? Oh, well, thanks for having me, first and foremost. Uh, my name is Ozio Gomez. Here. Yeah, thanks. My name is Ozio Gomez. I'm a third-year economics student minoring in business. This is my uh, second year as an FSP uh, mentor. I'm from Laredo, Texas, in my hometown, South Texas. Yeah, I represent Laredo, the, the town of tacos, my favorite yeah. tacos in Texas. Oh, the best. <laughs> Absolute best. Uh, and last but not least, Pakiza, my dear, it's been a long time since I've seen you. Thanks for being on the podcast. Yeah, of course. Well, um, my name is Pakiza. I'm a U-turn mentor. I'm, I've been mentoring for three years now, and I'm also a senior. I've also worked in the OSS as a front desk assistant, so that has been great. My major is psychology, and I'm a business minor so it looks like we've got a pretty good mix. And for those of you who didn't catch it, we do have two psychology majors and two economics minors and two people who are interested in health routes. So it's a pretty awesome mix and definitely something that people don't really expect out of liberal arts majors. So if you've listened to our last episode with Dr. Carter, you'll notice that we really emphasize in liberal arts that you can do anything with your major. You can go down any path with your major. Your major is not something that should hold you back. It should be something that sets you apart from other people. So we can go ahead and jump right into the interview. Today, we just want to really talk about um, what it means for these mentors to be in their role and how they got here and what it is that they feel should be known for first-year students. So the very first question that I have for y'all, it's kind of a given, but what does being a mentor mean to you? And why do you feel like having that role is important both to you or to the students that you mentor? So I've talked about this a lot with my own PACE mentees, but kind of the main reason why I was even hired to be a mentor for PACE is because I really didn't like the program that was that I was in. <laughs> <laughs> It's a good motivator, right? <laughs> and it's like, it sounds crazy. Like why, then why would you be picked to be a mentor? But 
the whole reason is because I had such a bad time. I kind of wanted to become a mentor to help kids who are inevitably going to go through that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that was kind of my motivation to do it. And it's one of those things where it's really hard to kind of make your mark or like do something good for the world. And like, especially at such a huge university. And I thought that this was something that I could do, even if you help one student to like have a better year than they would have had. Um, Worth it. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. For those of you who don't know, PACE is a first year program where if you didn't receive traditional acceptance to the university, PACE is kind of an alternative route to be admitted to the university full-time your sophomore year. And each PACE student has a mentor just like you would in FSP. And Maya is the person where at orientation, we ask them, you know, hey, how does it feel to be a PACE student? And they're all like, this sucks. I hate this. Why am I here? (laughs) And then we said Maya and Maya's like, guess what? I hated it too. So Maya has always been super duper real, very blunt. And her mentees love her for that. Yeah, but something I wanted to mention, just if, and in any case that someone who's thinking about accepting their pace decision, I didn't hate pace because pace sucked. It was because <laughs> I, like I came from a high school where we were very competitive, and going to community college was seen as like you were an idiot, basically, mm-hmm. which obviously is stigma attached to it. Yeah, but I was basically groomed to think that. So then now here I am after working so hard, now I'm technically going to community college. And so that was really hard on me for my entire freshman year. I was just like totally bogged down by that thought, even though it was like my own, I was making it up in my head. Like nobody right. knew what I was doing. Um, and yeah, it can be really hard. So you, you j- it's kind of like being a mentor is showing how you overcame those struggles and not to say you ended up on top, but like you, in a way you did, and then you can turn around and help the other people um, kind of climb up the ladder as well. That's awesome. You were, we're cut from the same cloth, Maya. You know, that's a big part of why I do this work is I was not a great student. I made a lot of mistakes and I hope that I can impart some knowledge on uh, current students on how to, you know, avoid some of the, the pitfalls I found myself in. Yeah. Let's see. How about you, OCL? What uh, what's being a mentor mean to you? Well, first of all, I just want to. Why do you do this? <laughs> yeah, well, first of all, I just want to touch on like I, I really appreciate uh, and I really relate a lot to what Maya says about like being authentic as a mentor. Just being transparent with your mentees is really important. You know, not not giving off this like false uh, persona. Like yeah, them. no BS, right? Yeah, People exactly. see through that. But yeah, so uh, actually, before I dive into like what exactly being a mentor means to me, I think it's important to quickly talk about what the Foundation Scholars Program is and the purpose it serves, really. Um, so FSP is a, a scholar program for first-year UT students uh, under the College of Liberal Arts that is designed to help assist students to ensure that they have a smoother transition to college. As a current lead mentor in this program, my, my role now is to you know provide guidance and support and advice to other FSP mentors and as well as, of course, my group of mentees. So does that just get to be a resource for other students? First, yeah, you get to help people, right? There's, yeah. there's like, a, it, you, you get that warm feeling inside helping yeah. other <laughs> Yeah, of course. Um, and, and yeah, it's, I'll probably talk about it later, but it's, it reflects a lot to like my experience and, and my experience is a big reason why I wanted to become a mentor. I went through some serious adversity my first semester. I was hospitalized like the first few weeks of college. And, uh, and, oh, wow. and my and my mentor, the old FSP advisor, Esmer, who used to work here, she, she really helped me get through it. 
Mm-hmm. Um, if it weren't for them, I probably wouldn't be where I am right now. So uh, I applied to be mentored just because I, throughout my first year, I learned so much in terms of like how to navigate the university and, and you know, all these different academic resources and just the ins and outs really of college. So whether the, like I was a first generation student, which is why I wasn't really too familiar with like, you know, what to expect at all. And most of my mm-hmm. mentees have been first generation as well. Right. So they really relate to uh, where I was at uh, my first semester uh, at the university. You know, the transition is, is really what it's about. Like the transition from high school to college is is, is what it's about. Um, and just being able to be there for them and, and just guide them through that. Uh, it's it's really important. I couldn't agree with you more. Yeah. yeah, it's and it's super rewarding, right? Like we don't talk a lot about it, but and it's and it's not rewards in the tangible sense, right? Like nobody's yeah. dumping a bucket full of treasure at your front door <laughs> to do some of this work. But you know, it yeah. it does. You get that like that happy feeling inside knowing that you've helped somebody else. How about you, Pakiza? Why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, your involvement with U Turn and being a mentor? Yeah, of course. So. First of all, um, so U-Turn is a program for students who are um, on academic probation or students who struggle academically. And um, there's a lot of struggles that students have um, moving on um, to the university and learning to adapt. Some students are first generation like myself. We don't know what's going on. High school is so different. We have a routine. You're guided on what to do from A to Z when you go to Come to college, it's all on you, and a lot Good of luck. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and a lot of students struggle with that. U turn is um, basically a, a support system for um, students who are struggling, and being a mentor for me is really important, um, especially with U turn because um, through U turn, before U turn, I didn't know anything. U turn is something that helped helped me add value to my academic and professional and my mental health um, life. Uh So it was a source that provided guidance for me and being a mentor for me is so important because I want to move that on to other mentees. I want to help them um, in any way possible, make this journey easy for them through the knowledge I have learned and experienced through U-Turn and being a mentor myself. Y'all are such good people. I, I love <laughs> this is this is like an awesome conversation we happening. Like this just like yeah. it warms my cold COVID heart. It really does. <laughs> I love talking to pure mentors because y'all are just always so transparent and vulnerable about what you're going through and what you went through. I think that um, for a lot of students who are transitioning from high school to college, you know, in high school you were always talking about like I didn't study at all and I got a nice. 95 on this test or I started this essay two (laughs) minutes ago and I got an A and Mm -hmm. so you're just used to that level of competition and that level of ease with which everything comes to you so easily and then you get to college and like Pakiza said it is all on you nobody is there to walk you to lunch nobody's there to make sure that you aren't wandering the hallways during fourth period gym you know it's all on you if you want to skip class no one is going to stop you and so that that level of just 
you're all on your own and it all comes down to you is really difficult to adjust to. And I feel like a lot of students, especially first generation students, think that struggling is a bad thing when really struggling just means that you're growing. And so when you were a first year student, what were struggles that you went through? I know, Ozil, you talked about this a little bit as well, but who did you reach out to for help? And who is your mentor now that you're upperclassmen? So when I was a freshman, as I said, I had a, like a terrible year. I was, I, I was never formally diagnosed, but it, I felt very depressed. I would just sit in my dorm room all day, every day, every night. I would never go out because I was just sad and I didn't know why because it was a combination of college already being difficult and that first transition. But then I was struggling with the whole idea of being in pace and going part-time to community college. So it was just kind of adding up. And my first year, I, I didn't reach out for help. And that is like one of my biggest, mm-hmm. not, I don't want to say regrets because now I've learned from it, but like maybe I wouldn't have had to go through that by myself kind of thing. So I right. definitely should have reached out to somebody, but I was convinced that nobody knew what I was talking about. And that kind of goes back to why I became a mentor is because when I was a freshman, all of the mentors my year like really hyped up pace and I didn't I didn't like see that any of them knew or had felt what I had felt as a freshman that like I didn't think pace was as great as everybody else thought um it did take me a whole year now I think it is like one of the greatest things that's happened to me but at the time nobody I thought nobody would understand so I didn't reach out um but then came my sophomore year and I finally reached out to the PACE advisor, JR, just about my struggles with mental health. And she was able to kind of be open with me at the same time. We talked about how mentors kind of need to be vulnerable as well. And I think that really helped me with JR, um, just talking about her own mental health journey, um, things with that. And so she would reference me to somebody else. And that's kind of how I've been able to improve Um, But now I reach out to my sister. She's a lot older than me, but something like a huge part of my life right now is going on that pre-health track. Mm -hmm. And I think it's really important to find some, a mentor who has gone through the same thing that you have. So she has gone through the same thing. And so she, and she succeeded. So I like how I'm able to go to her for advice and kind of see the struggles that she went to. And I'm like, what if I don't get like a perfect grade in this class? And she's like, (laughs) I didn't. And I still like, I still got into a fantastic grad school because it doesn't matter. And it's so it's to kind of have a third party be able to tell you like, this is reality. You're just not thinking like that. So yeah, I just, I think it's important in a mentor to find somebody who kind of has gone through the same pathway, which is, which is why it's great for pace how all the mentors have already gone through pace Mm -hmm. Uh, we're all we're all kind of different as far as majors go how we grew up um our own experiences and we're able to kind of refer the students to certain mentors depending on who would relate to them the most Mm -hmm. uh, what's going on with them um but yeah i didn't reach out freshman year i wish i had um and now i have mentors and i'm doing a lot better so (laughs) yay Success stories, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just as my experience of being a mentor, um, enforcing reassurance is a major part of being a mentor too. Like, mm-hmm. oftentimes oh, yeah. these uh, first year college students, like 
they battle imposter syndrome like crazy. Oh uh, my gosh, yes. yes. Especially yeah. first gen students. Yeah, yeah I know yes. I was I was there too, so I know what they're feeling like. That's why it's um it's really uh, important to like address this. Um so a lot of times you see these students like comparing themselves to other people, like they're doing this and this and this. I should be doing that too, or right. they're just perfectionists themselves. Uh, all of that can have like massive uh, repercussions on their mental health earlier on, which and then ends up having like long-term effects, which is why we're here as mentors is to guide them through that, to help them with that and make sure that that's not the case. Yeah, I, I, Christina kind of touched on this, but like one thing I always stress to my mentees, especially earlier in the in their first semester, is to not make the mistake of assuming that college classes are, are going to function like similar to what their high school classes uh, did. Like uh, what mm-hmm. I mean by this is really is like, one of the most prestigious universities, like public universities in the world, like the University of Texas, of course, where like every student coming in was most probably at the top of their like high school class or mm-hmm. to be quite right. honest, like they're accustomed to seeing though, like nothing but A's uh, in all of their mm-hmm. classes since they were mm-hmm. like, like 13 years old, maybe. Um, uh, everyone, right? Like that's <laughs> yeah. how most people get into UT is by having good grades yeah, in high school. They're so used mm-hmm. to it. And, and some of these, some of these students are so gifted that like they, they just cruise through their high school and, and. Um, they just end up at the top of their class, they end up at UT. And so what happens is that they come to UT with the exact same expectation. Yeah, it's a tough it's a tough thing to experience, right? Like if you've never had to study for a test before and you're used to getting A's and then you study your butt off and you still don't get the results that you want and it's the first time you've ever experienced it, it's, it's a struggle. Yeah. Um, you know, and I think that that's something that as mentors and upperclassmen you kind of experience yourself and you can be there to be like hey look i was where you were i had those same thoughts those same feelings look at me like you probably think i have my whole life together i assure you that i don't (laughs) right like you can kind of like talk them down off of the 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 quote-unquote ledge of like ah what am i doing here what about you pakiza who did you ask for help? How did you get help as a first-year student? And, and who do you consider a mentor now? I know. I believe FST and PACE are first-year programs. But Correct. With, yeah, but with you, Charn, it applies to every grade. Mm-hmm. It's specifically students who are struggling. And as, when I came to UT, as I mentioned earlier, in high school, your teachers literally teach you everything and tell you what to do. If you're struggling, they'll come to you. They'll help you out. Coming to a university, you're all on your own. And when I was a first year student, I didn't know anyone in Austin. Also, I'm first generation. So I didn't know how to study for college classes in comparison Mm -hmm. to high school classes. I didn't know who to ask for help. I didn't know about any resources. I unfortunately wasn't put into FSP or was part of PACE. So I had to struggle and I didn't know. You were out there on your own, right? Yeah, I was on my own. I went to help for advisors, advisors, my psych advisor, they just answer the questions I have. They're not really there to guide me or help. Right. Yeah. An advisor is a little bit different than a mentor, right? Yeah. And that's why I wanted to emphasize on the mentor program in the U-turn department you are not required to have a mentor, but I think it is really helpful because the advisors, they're like your coaches, but it's helpful to have someone who's doing what you're doing and went through what you're going through right now. So mm-hmm. I think that is really important. And when I went to U-Turn, that's how I found all of my resources. That's how I made a lot of my friends. And for as 
that goes who's my mentor now, I would say is my friend Taylor, who's ahead of me. She's also a psych major. She goes through a lot of the stuff I go through. So I all she's always there if I need help or have any questions. Also, this might sound a little weird, but also my mentees, they go through a lot of stuff and I see them do a lot of things and I learn a lot from them as well. So I think that's really helpful too. And I, even though I'm their mentor, I learn a lot from them. Yeah, for sure. I think that's super important. You know, I think that a lot of people assume, you know, in a mentor mentee relationship that, you know, it's the mentor passing down wisdom and like the mentee is a sponge to like soak it up and learn from those experiences. But in my own experience as a mentor, I find that I learn just as much from my mentees as they learn from me. What are some lessons that you all have kind of learned from uh, some of your mentees or what have they have taught you about life or college or, or even being a mentor? I think um, even for my first year, so I'm very type A and I like need to get all of my work done to the absolute best it can possibly be. And not everybody's like that. And it was hard. They're not? (laughs) I'm shocked. (laughs) But I, when I was a mentor and you see like some mentees aren't like that. And it, you, my own mind, I was like, oh, they're struggling. Like, what are they doing? Like, Uh like, you need to pick it up. I, I didn't like ever say that to them, but because I, I knew in the back. You're like projecting. You're like, oh, I want you to be <laughs> yeah. like me. Like, I just knew, be like me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I knew in the back of my head that not everybody was like you, and that's totally fine. Especially with COVID now, I see people react to things very differently. Mm-hmm. Some yeah. people need a mentor. Some people don't need a mentor. In pace, you are required to have a mentor. I know when you turned, you said that they're not, but you'll reach out to people and they might not even answer you or they like kind of a yeah there's varying levels of engagement with the mentor mentee relationship right (laughs) even like we have a gpa requirement if you want to get if you want to fully transition to ut and for me it was like okay, the GPA is like a 3.0, depending on whatever, but I need a 4.0. But other people don't aren't like that. And they're like, oh, I, like, I'll just get a 3.0 then. And, but that's fine. We still ended up in the same place. So that was kind of right. a weird thing to happen just because I was like, what? Like, people are yeah. Well, that's interesting. Yeah, like, yeah. just because you're extra doesn't mean you're doing it right. <laughs> <laughs> just like the process of learning about how different people learn and how different people consume information. Mm-hmm. That was mm-hmm. also, I used to be an FSP mentor when I was a sophomore in college, and that was a wild ride for me. My <laughs> students were like, yeah, I haven't started studying for my exam that is in two weeks. And I was like, well, why haven't you done that yet? You're obviously going to fail. But like, that's, that's not true. It was just because I needed that extra time. They might not need that extra time. But that learning process of not everybody does the same thing. But as long as it works for them, then it works. Mm-hmm. It's it's a little bit tricky sometimes. Because as yeah. a mentor, like, you know, you want to guide them to the right resources and the right way of doing things. But sometimes the right way is so dependent on the person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. 
Um, that goes for all of the mentees. If you're listening to this and you have a mentor who really wants to help you out, it's okay if their advice doesn't particularly apply to you. Um, you don't need to do everything the way that your mentor shows you, the way that your classes or your seminar classes show you. Do what works for you. It is a learning process. It took me years to learn how I work effectively. And it might be like that for you too. These are just tips. Take them with a grain of salt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think um, for me, of course, I've, my mentees have taught me so much too. I I really didn't expect like to learn as much as I did as a mentor from my mentees. But right. I'm not ashamed at all to to admit that I like I probably have learned as much, if, if not more, uh, from my mentees, and they probably that just from makes me, you a honest. good mentor that you're not afraid yeah. to admit that. <laughs> I appreciate that, but yeah, there there are some things that I, I really did not anticipate. Like I said, um, that I would learn as a mentor, but. Believe it or not, you learn so many things from every different mentee. Every mentee is so so different, at least from mm-hmm. from what I've uh, experienced. Yeah, they taught me they taught me a lot about like how to handle like hard conversations, also and like tackle specific problems uh, more efficiently. And yeah, they taught me the importance of establishing really a, a transparent relationship to and having effective communication and enforcing that accountability within each other, not just with them but with myself too. Um, holding each other accountable is really important. I think in the relationship with the mentor and the mentee at least. Yeah, I think kind of building off of that, something I've learned is that people are totally fine if you don't know something. I before I be like before my mm-hmm. first year as a mentor, I was really scared that somebody like I was still like young. I had gotten accepted during my <laughs> freshman year and I was like, oh my God, like what if I don't know the answer? What if like they're gonna think I'm like not fit for this? That's probably my like imposter syndrome creeping in, but um, yeah. <laughs> but you don't have the entire internet memorized. <laughs> but, you know, like people are fine with that. And that was a good lesson to learn early was that you don't have to know the answers to everything. They can like wait a little bit for you to go and figure out the answer. Um, right. but, you know, people aren't like vicious like you might think. Mm-hmm. That's the thing is that I constantly want to stress to our students is that you don't need to know the answer to everything. You just need to know where to go to find that answer. And that can be your mentor. It can be your advisor, your professor, um, the syllabus, read the syllabus. It can even be Google. But you need to, you know, use your resources. And that's why your mentors are here. That's why these success programs are here. It's so that you know what the resources are and what services are offered and what's out there for you because you're not expected to know everything but we just want you to be exposed to where the answers could be it's like a mindset thing right like y'all talked a little bit about it already you know not feeling like you can ask for help or you don't want to ask for help or asking for help is like a weakness and you know the the college version of that is like having conversations with your mentors or, and uh, seeking out some of the campus resources. But if you already, if you're stuck in that mindset of like, I'm not supposed to ask for help, then you're never going to get plugged into some of these programs or uh, have a mentor, or some of the resources that are available. Yeah. What about you, Pakiza? What have your mentees taught you over the, over the time you've served as a mentor? So um, as we discussed earlier, we as mentors go with our mentees as well. And I have grown and learned a lot through my mentors uh, as we uh, I think Christina mentioned earlier different things work with um, for different people so the way I might study might not be the way that works for you or um, things like that I have mm-hmm. learned a lot um, 
of different little techniques from my mentees that they use and I've tried them myself and they have, I'm sure vice versa. And another thing that I really admire about my mentees is that they're always so positive. I'm it's really hard. I have one um, bad grade or one bad thing happens to me. Everything else is, Sky you're yeah. gonna end up under a bridge <laughs> yeah and just to see how they're so positive and they just keep moving moving on forward obviously that's not every mentee but I really admire that about them they keep on going and um, they believe in themselves and they push through and stay motivated uh, which is something I struggled with and Throughout the years, I have gotten better at um, staying mo- motivated and positive. One bad thing doesn't mean everything else is going to be bad. One yeah. bad grade is not going to be a setback to your whole semester. You might still en- end up making an A if you missed one assignment and forgot to turn it in. Mm-hmm. So um, I really admire that about them. And yeah. I really admire how they grow throughout the um semester and um some of them struggle asking for help and then um by the end of the semester they're so comfortable with you and they'll even reach out to you after they're um, done with the program I really admire that about them too because I know sometimes um I'm really good at asking for help but after a while I ask myself am I asking too much so just that conscious about it right Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do. And I really admire that they're um, always like asking for help. Yeah. I, I, going off of what you said, Pakiza, about how they're so positive and how sometimes it can feel like one bad thing happens and that's it. Mm-hmm. It's over for your college career. I saw this tweet a couple days ago and it was like, college is really just about learning how to take L's and moving on with your life. Like, <laughs> Nothing is going to end your college career. Like it needs to be like a sticker leaving. or a t-shirt Exactly. Or <laughs> like take that L and move on. But if you sit on it and you let it fester and you lay in bed for weeks and weeks and weeks thinking about that one bad grade, you're not yeah. going to recover from it. And it's okay to, you know, be upset and to be sad about it. But at some point you need to get back on top of your stuff and get back to work and try harder for the next time. But basically, yeah, accept those L's and get on with your life everybody goes through some difficulty in college everybody gets bad grades nobody is perfect and um don't think that other people are perfect or they're doing everything correctly it's just a matter of how well do you recover from that so um then i kind of want to talk about imposter syndrome because that is something that has really come up a lot over the last semester or so and even during this podcast i've noticed that y'all have said the word imposter syndrome a few times too so um, let's just talk about that. All right. Yeah. So I think that um, first, first of all, I, it's really it's it's more uh, evident, or you can see passenger more now in these new students, especially because why? Obviously, we're in the middle of a pandemic, right? So mm-hmm. uh, a lot of these students are back home. They're not even at the university yet. So. They don't feel like a college student. Exactly. Yeah. They, uh-huh. they they don't feel like they're a part of, of UT, like or like they get a bad grade. They're like, you know what? I don't block. Um, there's ways. There's a reason why you're at the University sure. of Texas. Mm-hmm. You're investing in yourself. You're investing in your education. Might as well make the most out of it. Like even. If you had your your like 
take a rhetoric course, learn how to write. That is why we're here. Just to like, there's so many ways to, to battle that imposter syndrome, and it's like really, really important that we do. But it all goes back to that reassurance, like I said, and and making sure that they, they don't not set up for disappointment because in high school, like they had everything in front of them, and and it was. I mean, also people come from different high schools, of course, and they're not all the same level of difficulty. So sometimes they think it's some people are more prepared than others. Absolutely. We actually talked about that exact topic just a few episodes back. We were like, your tuition money has already paid for all of these resources. So go get go your money's them. worth. <laughs> yep. Yeah. What about you, Maya? What do you think um, about imposter syndrome? I have so much. To, like, There's so much that goes into imposter syndrome. It's the worst. We have to do a whole episode just we on We should. We should. Let's um, unpack this. Mm-hmm. It is, it's the worst. I mean, there's, there's worse things, but it, it's, it's hard when you're going through it. And that, like I said before, I really struggled with being in pace and going to both campuses and people not understanding that. But with imposter syndrome, you, you kind of don't even realize that you're going through it until you're out of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Interesting. I didn't even know that imposter syndrome was a thing until this year, I think, um, as a junior. And just like the, just like knowing that imposter syndrome is a thing and like hearing that there's a word for that feeling. And as I said before, my role as a mentor, like me specifically compared to other mentors in PACE is students who are struggling with with pace and just having a hard freshman year are sent to me and so i i know firsthand that like i wasn't the only one going through that and i know because multiple students have been sent to me that it's not just one person going through with it or going through it um and i think another part of freshman year that that really makes this seem worse is social media like we're in a generation where that's like everything to us, but it, it really is just a facade and we fall victim to to people posting only the good parts of their life. Absolutely. And they're yeah, nobody's posting that they procrastinated an exam yeah. or studying. When I was a senior, I had yeah. posted that I finally got an internship offer and everyone was like, Oh my God, you're so amazing. And my, mm-hmm. my friends who were younger that I would mentor, they'd be like, wow, how did you do that? You're the smartest person in the world. And I was like, I didn't tell you that I got rejected from 67 other internships yeah. and ghosted from 40. Yeah. So like nobody talks about the rejection. Nobody talks about the failing grades or all of that. People only really talk about, you know, um, all of the good things that are happening. So, of Mm -hmm. course, you're going to feel like everybody else around you is doing perfectly Mm -hmm. and everybody else around you is so successful. It's because nobody talks about when they're struggling. I think in PACE, we kind of encouraged this in one of our seminars to kind of open up during our smaller groups and say like this is what I was struggling with this week I like just because I'm a mentor and I'm older than you doesn't mean that I'm not having a terrible time like and I was like I cried last night for like three hours after I did bad on the test but you didn't see like you wouldn't have seen that um unless I told you about it so it like in order to combat imposter syndrome we have to be more open especially as mentors you kind of have to set the scene for being vulnerable and that is why I love college peer mentor so much because y'all really push back on that narrative of everybody is perfect and everybody knows what they're doing at all times of the day because mm-hmm. y'all have been through it 
and you know that it wasn't perfect and you struggled about it and you are super duper vulnerable and transparent with it. And I think that your students appreciate that a lot too. And if you're a first year student and you're listening to this, I promise you, please just reach out to an older student or a mentor or an advisor and talk about why it is that you feel like you don't belong or why it is that you feel that you're the only person who's struggling. I promise you that is not the case at all. Yeah, if someone has been in your shoes, someone has faced struggle and, you know, I think our mentors here can like kind of tell you about how they benefited from that struggle and grew and learned and came out the other side. And Mm -hmm. now you can use that struggle as fuel for success in the future. Yeah, as Maya emphasized, I think, uh, of course, our mentors and a lot of this about um, this is about academics, but our lifestyle, the things that happen outside of our classes, outside of school affect us. Um, Mm -hmm. A lot of my mentees, I myself struggle with, I have really high expectations for myself. So um, I think most UT students do. (laughs) Yeah, They're so small, but um, if you have one bad grade, it's not going to mean that your whole semester is over. A lot of my students, they will, um, get into a class and not perform well on the first exam. And they will think that, oh, I just need to drop this class. I don't think I can do it. And I'm like, no, you're going to learn from this. You don't know. You didn't know the structure of the exam. You didn't know how to study for this. If you need help, go to the TAs, go to the professor, seek help. You, you're going to do it. Don't think that you're not good enough. We all are not born knowing every, like, everything that there is we learn through our failures we experiment everything and learn through that so I think uh, part of growth and learning is to fail Um, I've learned most of if I fail at something and I learn how to um, get better at it I'm gonna remember that instead of something that I'm automatically good at for sure you know and I would argue um, then it's no longer a failure, right? Because it's become a learning experience yeah. and not a failure. Yes. Your struggling think, is more than your struggling. You're just learning and growing. Yeah. And I think it's really important to just kind of think about that and say that if I don't know this, I'm going to learn this. If I'm not the best at it, I'm going to get the best, like learn and be the best, learn how to be the best at it. So I think that's a um, huge thing I have learned myself this year uh, and I've struggled a lot with. So I think um, it's really important to always try and look at things very positively and believe in yourself. And everyone around us is not perfect. Right. We're humans. We're not perfect. The process is to learn and keep on going um, and adapt. Yeah, something that I'm stressing right now, actually, with the program, uh, I'm talking to my mentors right now is how the sec- your second semester uh, is always going to be much better first semester. Why is that? It's like just drastically better. Their first, obviously your very first semester at UT, that's like a learning experience. You're, you're barely adapting. You, you're getting to know how everything works, the ins and outs of, of how each class works, what to expect for each exam and whatnot. I just encourage you, you know, just push forward, get through the first set of finals, like your first semester. Once you finish first semester, you're good. Like after that second <laughs> semester, unless you're taking like, an OCHEM and like uh, engineering class or something like you're basically taking like the wor- the hardest class ever in second semester to transition. If it's like ideally like even difficulty in class wise, and even if it's a little bit harder, 
you're gonna see the you're gonna see how you're improving. You're gonna see how improving how much a little how much easier it is than in the very beginning for most people at least. And I, I think this can only be true if you obviously learn how to learn from your mistakes. If if you made a lot mm-hmm. of mistakes in your first semester, um, knowing how to cope with that failure, and because a lot of like I said, a lot of these students don't often like they're not really used to coping with the failures, and just acknowledging that that you're struggling is a first step, obviously. And then just how to go about it, like whether it's a routine, like fixing routine, you know, whether it's your sleeping schedule, eating schedule, all of that goes into like how you feel mentally. And um, that's why all of that, like your whole schedule, your whole routine already gets like, it's more stable during your second semester rather than your first, because your first semester, you're figuring everything out, of course. Your second semester, you kind of grow, like you're kind of rolling through it. Um, So it's a huge uh, learning experience that, that you experience through. So if any like first year students, like, listening to this are, are like stressed about finals right now um in your very first semester like push to that once you get past that and you're finally set free like you that's the way i i always saw it and that's way like i ha- have my mentee see it and it's worked well for them and then like throughout their second semester like they have more confidence especially if, even if they didn't do well the first semester they have confidence to know that they can only be better because they already know they're at an advantage now that that they have a, a semester of experience in their belt. So, yeah, absolutely, I really agree with that. Like a lot of times, we assume that college classes, the material is just so hard, and that that is why students are struggling. It's because what they're learning is just so difficult. But that's not necessarily true because you have always been learning hard material. Like the mm-hmm. things that you learned in school have always been difficult. Hello, has anybody ever taken AP economics in high school? That was terrible. <laughs> that was so hard. But the difference between how well you did in high school versus how well you'll do in college is just learning to adapt. The K-12 right. education system, you've been doing the same thing since you were five years old. You know you learned that way. You know this is how it works for this specific class. This is how all of your science teachers teach. This is how all of your English teachers teach. And then college completely flips that around and you have to discover new routines, discover new learning systems. And like that takes a lot of work. So it's not that the material is so much more difficult. It's just that you're relearning how to learn. If you listen to the first episode, JR constantly said, None of you have ever colleged before. You don't know how to college. That is why it is so difficult. And so Ozil is right that the second semester is so much easier purely because you have learned how to college. You know what your strengths are. You know what your weaknesses are. You know how you study to a certain extent. And you know how to learn from your mistakes and make adaptations to specific classes and really learn how to study and how to write and how to use resources and how to ask for help. That is the difference in being a good college student. Um, you could know all the OCHEM in the world, but if you don't know how to learn from your mistakes, college is going to be a bad time. Right, so yeah. Um, yeah, your second semester will be better. Please don't freak out. Ozil is right. Get through that first round of finals, your freshman year, fall semester. It does get easier. You do get used to it. You do learn from this process. Well, the one thing that's clear and oozing out of all three of you is like this concept of care for your fellow students, right? Like it's, it doesn't really impact you individually, right? Like, yes, this is a job and you get paid, but if your mentees like don't succeed, like, or if they do, it's not like you get paid better or worse. You obviously come to this work with um, big hearts, big open hearts. And uh, you know, you, you want to make this institution a better place for students that, 
that came after you. So um, I can't thank you enough for doing this work. I, I wish we could pay you more for this work, uh, but it's so, so valuable. And so many students wouldn't realize the success that they have without uh, these mentorship programs and, and students like you being willing to help out other students uh, through their struggles to, to get on a path to succeeding. Another thing I wanted to add on is that it will get better um, for a lot of you first years listening to this, but you're going to continue to struggle even if you learn how to adopt very well. I'm a senior myself um, and I've written so many research papers, but one of my classes this semester feels really unorganized and I feel like I didn't know what to do, but what did I do? I went and met up with my TA and my professor three separate times and figured out exactly what I needed to do. And you guys, I was so stressed about this. I completely (laughs) forgot how to write a research paper because I was telling myself, oh, I can't do this. I don't know what's going on. I'm going to fail at this. But after talking to myself, uh, which is a great technique if you want to use it, after giving myself a pep talk and talking to my professors and TAs, um, I wrote a paper, um, went to office hours again, and I thought I was going to bomb this paper, but I ended up almost getting 100 on it. So I think Congrats. I got like a 9 out of 60, which was made me so happy but if I hadn't decided to go get some help from my professor and TAs I'm sure I would have done worse so mm-hmm. you're gonna learn to adapt but make sure that you use these skills you ask for help when you need to instead of just trying to figure it out yourself it's never bad to just go on there and ask for help um, we've all been through it and we will continue to this is life it's gonna happen we're gonna continue to struggle but the thing is that we need to learn and grow from it yeah, I, I think the, the hardest part is to actually take the initiative like i'm sure y'all right. understand that oh, looking for help well obviously we, you'll, you'll do better looking for help and i think the hardest part even like just if you have to do say you have an essay due the next day at midnight whatever or whatever it may be like the hardest part is to actually like set your mind to it and get started once you get started, you you get the ball rolling. You're going, you're going. That's me with essays. I, like I said, I'm not the best writer. So essays, like, the hardest part for me is like getting started. Like, where do I start? What am I going to talk about? I do it like I have 10 different tabs open. What am I going to uh, write about? But once I actually start, that's like it takes me so it takes me just as much to start than it takes me to finish it. Usually, like that, and that just goes to show with like everything else. Like whether like if you're struggling, uh, you did bad on, on an exam, and you look into your next exams in your tackling you thinking like how can i do better in this is and or you just want to go to office hours or you thought about going to office or you people are telling you like go to office hours if your mentor is telling you do this do that like and you understand and just i know you understand it but the hard part is to actually go out and do it and that, this is a big thing that i that i talk about and the big thing with this is uh with organizations like, like getting involved in campus like if you just scrutinize your your academics the whole way like it's not how college is going to work you have to balance your academics with with other stuff like if, at the end of the day like I, whenever you go onto the workforce like it's not just going to be your gpa on there it's going to be like what research you did as as someone exactly. who just got a full-time job after graduation no one has ever asked me for my gpa no one has ever asked me for my transcript no one has ever asked me for my diploma take that how you yeah. will 
yeah, so, we could have looked it up, but we didn't. You know? <laughs> yeah, so I mean, the whole point here is like, God, get involved. Like, not only does this help you, like, with your resume and stuff, like, it actually helps you for what it's for. Like, it's there to whether depending on what you're interested in. Like, we did we did a, a presentation on like joining different or getting involved on campus. It's like over a thousand orgs, really, like at UT, you can join so many things. Even if you're not on campus, like, there's so many ways you can still get involved and. I think it's really important that like you actually go out, like take a break from like just focusing on what your grade is and checking Canvas and checking like, oh, what's just get involved. Like this is why you're at UT. This, this is the point of going to college is, is to, to get the college experience. And that includes like getting involved in any way you can is actually goes a long way. And not only on your resume, just for yourself, like for your mental health to be able to balance it. Like I said, it's going to be really important. So I, yeah. if you're not already involved, if you're your first semester and you're not on campus yet and you're just like, you know what? Or a lot of times it's very, um, it's very, very like common. A lot of people are like, you know what? I'll join next semester. Like it's already late. Like I went to like, at least go to a general meeting for an org or something and see what it's about. If, if you're not really too sure if you should join or not before you pay your membership fee, of course, like at least, I don't know, it might have, if you want to add on to that. Yeah. I love how um, Pakiza used a personal example of kind of having a struggle and overcoming it. I talked about how my freshman year was terrible for me, but I think something really important if you do end up having a hard time is to either while you're in it, like preferably or like me where it takes you the whole time to get out of it. And then you are able to change your perspective on your struggle. That can help you so much. Like I, I had a terrible pace experience, but now I, became a mentor to kind of help other people not have that and because of like i get so much satisfaction about uh from helping a student like going through the same thing that i did that now so when i was a kid i also had trouble when i was going through physical therapy for acl surgery i had the worst time and i was so sad and it was so hard for me because i was young and i like wasn't willing to put the work into it and it was just like a, a horrible, horrible time in my life. And then that, like, because of the experience I've had as a PACE mentor, this is like only confirmed my decision to become a physical therapist because I want to become a PT for the same reason I wanted to become a PACE mentor um, to help people who had a bad time going through that. So like, I wonder now, had I not gone through pace, like where, what would I be? I don't where know. Would you be right? <laughs> yeah, I don't know what career path I would want, and I don't know if I would feel confident in it, and I don't know if it would be meaningful for me. And so, like, pace has helped me in in kind of a unique way with that because I was I was able to get a job out of it. Um, but now, now I kind of see use it for my future and see like how that struggle. Um, was for the better I think um and I'm not usually one who you know the quote that's like everything happens for a reason I never used to think that but um just because like I was like the type of person to where whenever something bad would happen you'd be like oh my my life like it's the worst like this is the worst (laughs) Um, but yeah it does take you to get out of it and kind of succeed to see that that maybe things do happen for a reason and it can be for for the better well, you all clearly love the programs that you're affiliated with. You love working with students. You love being mentors. And it shows, luckily, none of you do have to 
live through what life would be like without these programs because you found them or they found you and you've been able to kind of uh, give back what you've received from them. Um, And you all do it every week with grace and with good attitudes. And we're just, we're so lucky to have awesome mentors as part of our programs. Uh, So I just want to thank you all so much uh, for not only the work that you do, but of course being here today and spending another uh, hour of your lives helping other students, not yourself. (laughs) It says a lot about your character and people that you are. The College of Liberal Arts is very, very lucky to have you three as mentors. I agree. I agree. Thank y'all so much. We really appreciate y'all being with us today. Thanks, Thank y'all. you. Yeah. And then I was going to say a quick shout out if I can. Uh, follow Instagram, follow at UT underscore FSP if y'all are, um, if y'all want to just get to know the Foundation Scholars Program a little bit better. Oh, talking to student mentors, nothing warms the heart. It's like getting ready for the holiday season. Like you just like, it oh, really is. my heart feels three, three sizes bigger than it did when we started the interview today. They make me so <laughs> happy. I really do believe that we are so lucky to have such robust student mentor programs in our college. I don't think that our students experience in college would be the same without these mentors to help them. And I, I know I've said this a lot over the last few episodes especially with Dr. Reddick, but I really do appreciate peer mentorship so much and that relationship with other students. I think that it's one of the most important relationships you could have in college. And these mentors really, really proved that point for me. For me, it's it's the learning, right? Like, okay, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm the old guy in the room or whatever. And you know, these are college students. And like, I still learn from the things that they say, you know, like I was writing my notes and like, <laughs> the same way that they were like, you know, it's the same things you hear from the mentors over and over again, but just because you hear it a bunch of times and you might hear something 20 times. And then like, it's that 21st time where it really like hits you over the head and you're like, Oh yeah. And you connect with it. Yeah. And like one of the things that they talked about was like that there isn't a roadmap for success in college. Like everybody is different. Like, yes, there are, there's advice and there are things that we suggest you do, but there is no exact formula for how to get from acceptance to graduation Mm -hmm. that will be perfect no matter what. Like you need to be adaptable, be ready for change and doing things different, learning how to ask for help. Uh, There's, there's a lot of ways to get from um, the first day of school to, to graduation. Yeah, for sure. And I think that they really brought up a good point. You know, it's not about having all of the right answers. It's about using your resources and your peer Mm -hmm. mentors are a resource. They're the most accessible resource that you probably have. You know, you can't be texting your professor at 11 p.m., but you could probably... (laughs) You won't get a response. Yeah, (laughs) you could probably text your mentor at 11 p.m., and they'll most likely respond in a way that is much more receptive to, you know, you than someone who is much older and has been in a full-time job for longer than you've been alive. And so Mm -hmm. that's why having your mentors is so important. Yeah, yeah. Something about like the consistency of having a, a peer mentor, right? And like that being more important than the knowledge. Uh, you know, somebody, I think it was Maya was talking about, I, or maybe it was Azia, like I, I may not have the answer, but I can find the answer. Or I'll find mm-hmm. the answer. I'll, I'll get it for you. And so, yeah. yeah, just the, you don't have to have all the answers, but you do have to like have the relationship and you do have to have this mindset that asking for help is okay mm-hmm. or, you know, um, 
changing the way that you think about struggling, like instead of it being a negative thing, like struggle to me represents strength. Uh, one of my favorite professors on campus, uh, Mary Steinhardt, she likes to talk about, uh, she's a kinesiology professor and she uh, talks about how, you know, uh, when you're lifting weights, you aren't getting stronger until that very last rep when you can just barely, barely get the bar up. That's when yeah. you're actually getting stronger. And um, that just is a good reminder that struggle equals strength, right? Mm -hmm. If you're struggling, that means you're getting stronger. Yes, yes. And also something I recently learned is that doctors, they also Google things on the job, <laughs> you know? Like your doctor has to Google symptoms, has to Google various treatments, various prescriptions. They don't know everything. They just know how to apply their knowledge to how to look for an answer. And that mm -hmm. is what you should be doing. You're not expected to know how to do absolutely everything, but you are expected to learn how to reach for help. And mm -hmm. I think that was another thing I noticed is that freshman students, you tell them all the time, you're like, hey, go to the university writing center if you're having trouble with your essay. And they're like, no. And then they're like, I'm struggling with <laughs> chemistry. And then you say, okay, go to the single learning center. And they're like, nope, everybody would think I'm stupid. Uh -huh. But the mentors we talked to today, they were all upperclassmen. They were juniors and seniors. And every single one of them was like, I constantly reach out for help. Pakiza, right. who is a senior, said that she had to go to her professor and TA in the same class three separate times during the semester. Right, and I think no. that is something that you really do learn over the years. Um, the difference between a first year student and a third or fourth year student is their confidence and capability of asking for help. There's no longer any shame it just means you're you're wanting to know more and you're willing to put in the work to know more. And I think that it says a lot about how students develop over the course sure. of the, the years that they're at college. Sure. That's my favorite thing about working with college students is seeing the growth uh, from freshman year to, to senior year. And it's all the life lessons, both inside the classroom and outside the classroom that they've learned. And, you know, one of the lessons Maya shared with us is, you know, she worked really, really hard to get a 4.0 during her pace year and other students maybe didn't work as hard, got a 3.0 and they both ended up in the same place. Right. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, I think, the older you get or the, the longer you're in college, you start to get a better feel for just how hard you need to press down on the gas pedal. And even like when you can let up on the gas pedal, sometimes that's an okay thing to do. All, all good things in moderation, right? Absolutely. I One funny tidbit is my junior year during South by Southwest. This was when Megan the Stallion was blowing up. and um, Stories of Christina in college have become <laughs> one of my favorite parts of this podcast. No, my friends and I, we got invites to go to Megan the Stallion's hottie party, but I didn't go because I had an Arabic exam. And so I was like, no, I have to study for this Arabic exam. So I'm not gonna go but then they went and later that night i saw my friends on megan the stallion's instagram story <laughs> and now two years later i don't even remember what was on that exam <laughs> but you remember you missed that party <laughs> exactly and you know what we're all doing perfectly fine academically they went to that party they met megan the stallion and did they fail any exams no did it matter no you don't need to be pushing yourself so hard that all college becomes about is your grades you know there right. are so many other things to care about the mentors did a really good job of talking about this like what student organizations are you in like who are you talking to what resources are you using are you doing
doing research? Are you building a relationship with your professors or a TA? It is so much more than your grades. Right, right. Balance. Balance is the key. Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's about all the time we have for today. Uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. As always, uh, we really appreciate the time that you spend with us. And hopefully you get some knowledge and some truth bombs out of it. And uh, it helps make college a little less ambiguous. Well, uh, I guess that's it for today. I'm Phil Butler. And I'm Christina Bowie. And until next time, we hope that all of your endeavors are a success.